things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breathtaking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot to talk about today, and obviously a lot of people want to come at me. You haven't learned yet? I don't hide your boys in the house. I got a whole bunch of stuff on my mind inside the world of sports, outside the world of sports, in the industry as well. Not just on the basketball court or the football field to play. It's the Stephen A. Smith Show in the house. Buckle up. Here I come. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, over the digital airways of YouTube. As always, I am happy to introduce my studio sponsors because I owe them a boatload of thanks. They are called FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show, by the way. Appreciate the calls. My subscribers are up to 281,000 plus. It just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. And that was when I was off vacation. That's when I was on vacation. Now that I'm officially off vacation, I mean, I expect it to continue to grow. So keep the love coming, all right? Click the bell to get notified of all of our new content on this channel. And be sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestseller, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes, because I got to throw that in there, that little plug in there. Everybody doesn't become a New York Times bestseller. So if you pull that off, you might want to mention it. Did I tell you that I also have a, a, a phone system in place? I accept live callers now. Not just calls on the voicemails. I mean live. I mean, when you call, you're getting me live and then living color. You can now call into the Stephen A. Smith show because I'm not running from you. I always tell you that. If you have something to say about what I'm talking about on the show, dial 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303-888. S-A-S-5303. And by the way, it's a little caveat. Notice how I said, if you want to talk about the things I'm talking about. Because some of your asses called last week, the other day, Raffi. And I'm talking about one subject. And you tried to jump all the way off. I will hang up on your ass. Do you understand? Make sure you understand. Talk about what I'm talking about. Don't be trying to call up in here and invent your own narrative. Get your own damn show. But on this show, when I accept your calls, it better be pertinent and relevant to something that I brought up. All right. Now, moving on, let's start the show. First things first, some breaking news for you. It's just past 4 p.m. on the East Coast. We're live. So there's a couple of stories that I need to get into. Number one, Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, star USC, Heisman, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, and we assume who will be the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. Now suggest he may not enter the draft. After this season, quote, this is what he had to say. We'll have to see at the end of the year, says Williams, end quote. A couple of facts. Number one, 
he could be chasing another Heisman title or a title, a national title at USC next season. Number two, he's a top five NIL. That's name, image, likeness for those of you who don't understand. He's a top five NIL earner, estimated at $2.5 million. Could make a few million more next year if he stayed. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals are projected to be the number one pick next year in most mock drafts. Okay, he may or may not want to go there. Do I believe he's not going to enter the NFL draft? I don't believe that for one second. I mean, he's just talking. Why talk about leaving when you get ready to start a college football season? Keep your eyes on a prize. Keep focused. And that's what he's doing. That's number one. Number two, very, very simple deduction as far as I'm concerned. If he was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Nebraska or someplace like that, he wouldn't be talking about maybe I'll stay. But I don't know if any of y'all have been on the campus of USC. It's pretty special. It's pretty damn immaculate. I was there just two weeks ago. The campus is off the chain. And it is in Southern California, which has arguably the most perfect weather in this country, according to some people. Of course, San Diego is throwing up in there, but that's all Southern California. The point that I'm trying to make is, is that if you was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Ohio, or Nebraska, or someplace like that, I don't think he would be talking about maybe I could stay an additional year. I don't think so. Okay. Moving on to this, to a couple of things on my mind. Over the last few days, you guys have heard me talk about Steph Curry versus Magic Johnson in the GOAT conversation um, pertaining to point guards in NBA history. To some people, I was sacrilegious the other day, downright blasphemous. Because I had the audacity, the unmitigated goal to imply that Steph Curry may very well be the best point guard in the history of the game. Um, Obviously, there were a plethora of people who disagreed with me. Um, And I got news for you. I got a lot more to say about this because it needs to be said. Because I did say it. There was a reason I said it. Knowing I got to see Magic Johnson. Sooner than later, I mean, it's a very risque proposition on my part. But damn it, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And if I'm not sure, I'm going to acknowledge I'm not sure. I will confess, listening to my guy, Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson is a former NBA player, uh, was a damn good NBA player. Um, 6'8", small forward. Played on a plethora of teams, including the Phoenix Suns. Hell of a player. Now host uh, a show on NBA radio. He was filling in this morning with Mitch Lawrence, formerly of the New York Daily News, been an outstanding NBA reporter for decades. And he was just schooling folks on, you know, the point guard position, which sort of mirrors what my assistant, Sumatra, who thinks that she's a basketball aficionado, um, he was just echoing and mirroring what she said. I have to confess. He made some very compelling points. I have to even confess this even more. Actually, what he said sounded very, very similar to what Sumatra was saying, which means that she had a good point, too. And he was talking about how the operative word to describe a point guard is supposed to be facilitator, somebody who creates opportunities for others to score. And Eddie Johnson was fixated on that point, and I give him credit for that. But he wasn't the only one. On Wednesday mornings on ESPN's First Take, number one sports morning show in America for the last 12 years and counting, by the way, um, Mad Dog Russo. That's his day to appear on First Take. And he was on with me this morning. 
And here's what he had to say when people told him that Magic Johnson may very well be eclipsed, eclipsed in some people's eyes as the best point guard in the world in the history of basketball by none other than Steph Curry. Listen to what Mad Dog Russo had to say. Listen to my follow. Here it is. Magic Johnson is the only player who I've seen, there's only two or three of them, mm-hmm. who could dominate a game at that position without putting the ball in the basket. What is the definition of a point guard? You know what the definition? Bob Cousy always used to say this, the great Bob Cousy. When you cross midcourt, your first objective is to get a teammate a good shot. Magic Johnson, when he crossed midcourt, his first objective was to get a teammate a good shot. Mm-hmm. Curry, in a lot of ways, his first objective is what 35-footer I can make. What I'm thinking about is the modern-day game and the word impact. And I'm thinking about Steph Curry's extraordinary marksmanship and his movement without the basketball and how it forces a defense to have their head on a swivel. And as a result, it facilitates others like Klay Thompson and, and Jordan Poole when he was there to do what Worthy, Byron Scott, and others were able to do statistically for the Los Angeles Lakers while Magic Johnson was a point guard. I think we're both right. I think we both have good points. If you're talking about the quintessential prototypical point guard, Eddie Johnson and Mad Dog Russo has a point. I'll tell you somebody else who does have a point as well. It would happen to be somebody that texted me this morning at 5.54 a.m. that wrote a pretty long-ass quote and then gave me permission, which he almost never does, to quote him publicly and tell the world what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, weighing in on Steph Curry And whether or not he's the greatest point guard in NBA history over Irvin Magic Johnson is none other than Michael Jordan himself. And here was his quote to me. Good morning, sir. Although greatest of anything is always a debate, I beg to differ on your greatest point guard of all time. Magic Johnson is easily the best point guard of all time. Steph is very close, but not in front of Magic. You must define point guard to have a serious debate. Steph is by far the best shooter ever. Yes, his movement has created many shots for his teammates. Career 42% three-point range. But Magic Johnson invented the triple-double. Not truly invented, but makes it more noticeable of the impact he had on the game. It's a point guard stat, to be honest. He was the best. We can go on but I don't want to take up too much of your time. You get the point. By the way, Magic has five championships. None other than Michael Jeffrey Jordan. To yours truly, this morning before I went on first take. Um, By the way, I say permission because I don't quote people when they say stuff to me off the record unless they give me permission to quote them. That is the respectable, decent, ethically the ethical thing to do but i don't think that people are getting my argument so to eddie johnson the mad dog russo and to the great michael jordan let me expound on my point we're not going to bring up numbers three pointers by steph curry 3390 
the CIS 5,440. Okay, we're not going to do all of that, okay? We know that Steph Curry is a prolific scorer, um, arguably a top five scorer, top 10 scorer in the history of basketball, clearly the greatest shooter that God ever created. We know all of that. What I was alluding to was impact. That's what I was alluding to. And I want everybody to understand that. When Eddie Johnson and Mad Dog Russo and to some degree Michael Jordan talk about Magic Johnson, they're talking about the facilitator. Nobody let a fast break the way that he did. Nobody could be 6'9 and dribble the basketball and throw no-look passes and passes behind his back and all of this stuff the way Magic Johnson did. Magic Johnson was phenomenal and fantastic and all of that stuff. And I'm not disputing that. Magic Johnson is the greatest facilitator that we have ever seen at the point guard position in the history of basketball. What I was trying to say is that when you're thinking about Steph Curry, I'm talking about impact. I'm saying his marksmanship from long range, from 20, from 30, from 40, from the corner, from the wing, from the top of the key and beyond. I'm talking about a guy that you literally have to guard the moment he steps past half court. That guy is who I'm talking about. It's not just that that makes him great because of his impact. What makes him great is his ability to move without the basketball. He's always moving. And because he's always moving, a defense's head is on a swivel. Because their head is on a swivel, they can't key in on other dudes. That's why Klay Thompson could average what he averages in some people's eyes, even though I think Klay Thompson is great. That's why Jordan Poole averaged what he averaged, even though I think he'll do good things in Washington this year because the brother could play and he could score. When you have a Steph Curry, you have to constantly keep your eyes on him. You can't double others. You got to double him. And from an impact perspective on the offensive side of the ball, that's what makes him great. Yeah, he might be moving without the ball and positioning himself to get the ball back so he could shoot. But he also facilitates an easier life for his teammates because of the threat that he is. That was Magic Johnson in a different way. When you put the Magic Johnson in a half-court situation, he threw the ball to Kareem. In the open court, it's a fast break. It's James Worthy on one wing. It's Byron Scott and Norm Nixon before him on another. It's Michael Cooper trailing. Or Kurt Rambis later on. Or Michael Thompson. People like that. Or Bob McAdoo, the great Bob McAdoo. All of those things are happening. I'm simply saying, Steph Curry's impact on the offensive end of the floor is that lethal because of his marksmanship, his willingness and ability to move without the basketball, and the fact that a defense is absolutely petrified and their head is on a swivel. Because if you watch defenders who defend against Steph Curry, the minute he launches a shot, if they don't block it, they literally go, damn, and turn around because they know it's going in. That's how lethal this brother is. Most people in the NBA couldn't shoot 40% from three-point one season. He's done it practically his whole career, with the exception of his injury-riddled season, when he only played about five games. And oh, by the way, he's a career 42.8% three-point shooter. The brother is on another level. That's all I was trying to say. Facilitator goes to Magic Johnson, Sumatra. It goes to Magic Johnson. But potency and impact, one could argue, belongs to Steph Curry. That's all I was trying to say. 
But Eddie Johnson was absolutely right. He was wrong. Mad Dog Russo made valid points. And Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the greatest who has ever lived as far as I'm concerned, definitely made his points. And I just wanted to make sure that I was clear about that with everybody else. Any questions that you have? Any any, any opinions you wanted to express? 888-SAS-5303 is the number to call up. That's SAS. I'm sorry, 888-727-5303. 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. That's the number to call up. Let me move on to this next subject before I go to break. <sighs> Someday y'all are going to learn. That's applicable to trolls. It's applicable to colleagues and contemporaries. It's applicable to players, coaches, general managers, and other executives, even owners. Like you got to come at me. You got to be ready. Because you know at any given moment, even though I don't always choose to do so, I love the power that I have to reach out and touch somebody anytime I want to. Now, it just so happens that I happen to be fond of Lonzo Ball. I think he's a good dude. And I think he's a damn good player and a better player than I thought he would be, even though I knew he would be good. But I never thought, and it's the only argument Magic Johnson and I have ever gotten into in, in, in a quarter century we've known each other. Only argument Magic Johnson and I have ever gotten into is I begged him to draft De'Aaron Fox, who's down the Sacramento Kings. And I don't think I'm lying about that. I don't think I'm lying about that. I begged him. I absolutely, positively begged Magic Johnson to draft De'Aaron Fox. And go back to the original screen, please. Lower that, please. I begged him. And the reason why I said that is because I knew that De'Aaron Fox was better. And I thought that the Lakers drafting Lonzo Ball was a business decision because he was from Chino Hills. And he wasn't the player that De'Aaron Fox was. And I stand by that. Doesn't mean he's not good. It's just that I think that De'Aaron Fox is a star. Okay? Well, yesterday on First Take, I spoke on that. Yesterday, before Lonzo Ball responded, I spoke on a state of affairs involving Lonzo Ball once news came down that he was probably going to miss half of the upcoming NBA season. Listen to what I said. Here it is. I don't think he'll ever be the same um, based off of what we're seeing and hearing and reading about. I've heard that it's even hard for him to get up from the sitting position. Obviously, Lonzo Ball took offense to that. Lonzo Ball is 26 years of age. He's been in the league for about four years. Um, it's one of those situations where he got a bit defensive and he wanted to make sure that he clapped back at me. Um, and, you know, he does what some of these guys will try and do in this day and age before I felt the need to address them. But before I get into specifics, let's look at what Lonzo Ball had to say to clap back at George Truly. Who are your sources, bro? Please, please tell me who your sources are. Come on, man. Come on, man. You got to stop yapping. And I actually like you, man. I don't even know you like that. But I like you. I'm coming back, man. Come on. For the record, to everybody, <clears throat> I don't blame him for doing that. I really, really don't. I like Lonzo Ball, too. Oh, by the way, and his daddy. I've only met his brother, LaMelo, once, who I know, who I believe is going to be a superstar in this league for years to come. But I like LaVar Ball, too. LaVar has clapped on me one time. He called me as fake as a $3 bill and all of this other stuff. Please, didn't stop him from coming on first take. 
then stop me from giving me a pound and a hug, then stop it from being a guest, then stop it from rapping me. All of that is just talk, y'all. It's all good. It's all love. Lonzo Ball is good people. He really is. And he's a damn good basketball player. And I think the Bulls would be better if he were healthy and in the lineup. Okay? So I want to be clear about that. And I want to be clear about the fact that he had every right to come at me the way that he did. It's just that you got to be careful sometimes, bro. And this is me in response, showing him why he needs to be careful. Listen up. Bro, you ain't healthy. You've missed about 48% of your games. And you're only four years into your career. Mm -hmm. And on top of it all, you would think that since you missed all of last season and 47 games the season before that, and you're scheduled to miss games at least until the new year, this upcoming season, that you wouldn't make a video proclaiming that you're healthy. Because instead of looking at me, and I'm not talking to Lonzo, I'm talking to the idiot trolls out there. Instead of looking at me, what if I was a Bulls fan? And I said, and I looked at him and Pusai, oh, so you can play. Can you play? Yeah. Can you play? Since you're doing that. <laughs> Since he because the answer would be no. <laughs> Sit your ass down. I didn't mean that in some volatile way. Again, I like it. It ain't fighting words or nothing like that. I'm just saying, sit your ass down. Come on, bro. You don't exactly have a strong case to argue with me on this. Do you want me to give the names of your doctors and the surgeries that you have had? Not going to do that. Okay. But I will throw out some other numbers that people need to know. Like, for one, the last game Alonzo Ball played was against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what was it, January of 2022? That was when Lonzo Ball severely injured his knee, leading to several surgeries. In your career, you've missed around 46 to 48% of your games. The exact number, I'm not sure, but I am absolutely positive it's around 220 games. I have more. Lonzo Ball turns 26 in October. I'm just looking at my social media guy. I'm looking at my assistant, Smart. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to get on him too much, but I just think it's important to throw this out there, okay? Um, Lonzo Ball turns 26 in October. Had a cartilage transplant in his left knee in March. The procedure on his knee was the third he's had since he signed a four-year, $80 million contract with the Bulls in 2021. It's more than a year and a half since Ball has played. I told y'all that already. And since signing his deal in 2021, he played in only 35 games before the injury. Games missed due to the injury the last two seasons. He missed all 82 games last season. He missed 47 games the season before that, 42 due to injury. Okay? And in his career, 2017-2018, knee and shoulder injury. 2018-2019, he missed 35 games. Ankle injury. By the way, the knee and shoulder injury, the first go-round, 29 games. So 29 games missed for the knee and shoulder in 2017-2018. 2018-2019, he missed 35 due to the ankles. 29, um, 2019-2020, he missed six to the groin and thigh injury. 2021-22, I'm sorry, 2020 and 2021, he missed 17 games due to a thumb, toe, hip, and knee injury. And I told y'all, he missed the 42 out of the 47 games due to injury because of his knee in 21-22. And last season, he missed 82 games. In six NBA seasons, Lonzo Ball has missed 
211 of a possible 472 games, which is 45%, due to injury, not including load management. Okay? Why are you making a video with your knees? Now, if I couldn't go off camera, if I didn't want to go off camera because of the lighting in my studio here, um, do y'all know I can get up and sit down and get up and sit down and get up and sit down all night long? Does that mean that I can run the hell up down uh, up and down the damn court 94 feet for 30, 35 minutes a night? Sitting poolside on a bench, getting up on one knee, you think that shows that you're healthy? You going to call me yapping when I have all of this information in front of me? Would you like me to tell where you had surgery and exactly what date you had surgery on? Would you like me to get the names of the doctors? I do have them. I know the actual, I know the actual doctors that operated on you. The actual locations. Of course, I wouldn't do something like that to you, bro. I would never do something like that. That's none of my business. That's, that's none of anybody's business. I'm just making the point. Come on, bro. By the way, in June, the Bulls officially announced that you would be out for an indefinite period of time. And speculation is, is that you were going to miss the whole season. And even though you're coming back, at the very least, it isn't expected that you'll be available to play until January of 2024. So you missed 42 games two seasons ago. You missed the entire season last season. You're scheduled to miss this season up until January. Upcoming! And you're going to sit poolside and ask why I'm yapping and who are my sources just because you getting bouncing up and down on one knee? Really? Really? I'm going to be nice because I got love for you, bro. And I want you to get back healthy. But it's not a crime to say that people have been concerned about your needs. You know I don't make it up. If I said it, somebody close to you told me. Maybe they're wrong. But that's the concern about you. That's the reality. 888-SAS-5303 is the number to call up. That's 888-727-5303. Your call's coming up, but not before I get in to Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, Michael Irvin, and Keyshawn Johnson. Y'all know where the hell I'm going next. So don't act like y'all are going anywhere. I'm just getting started. I just want to use that first segment to rev myself up for what I'm about to get into. Stick around. Here I come. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Usually coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. Thank you again. My followers are have escalated above 281,000 and climbing. Even when I was on vacation, I grew by the thousands. Um, I can't thank you enough. And I just wanted to take a moment to really, really thank y'all all for the support 
that you've been throwing in my direction. It is incredibly, incredibly appreciated. Thank you so much, but please continue to keep it coming. As long as you keep it coming, I'm going to keep being, being here, bringing it to you. All right. Make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. Remind at the end of the show, I'll be answering your calls live. Okay. It ain't taped. Uh, it's not on voicemail or anything like that. Now be very, very clear. It's not a popular thing to say. I will hang up on your ass. I want that to be very, very clear. I don't tolerate people calling into my show with nonsense. I want you to know what you're talking about. I want you to get to your point. I don't need a whole bunch of pleasantries. I don't need dissertations and soliloquies and all of this other stuff. I don't need all of that, okay? I need you to call in. I need you to be ready, talking about what we talked about on this episode of the show, okay? Don't be going left or someplace down the river. I ain't even talking about that stuff and bringing that up on these calls, I'm letting y'all know right now, my staff just cringes when I say stuff like that, but I'm serious. I mean it. Check my history. I'm known for hanging up on people. I got the drop button right here. It's right here in a nanosecond. You ain't on point. I will click off of you and go to somebody else because I'm looking at my lines right now. They're already filled. Okay. I get thousands of calls all the time. It's always been like that and it's always going to be like that. All right. So be clear. Be on point. Now. Let me say that I'm not happy about the subject that I'm about to tackle for a variety of reasons. There's some things about it that make me happy. There's some re- some things about it that does not. <sighs> Skip Bayless has a show on FS1. It is called Undisputed. And Undisputed is going through some changes. Uh, They're coming back on the air, uh, I believe, this Monday. At which time, uh, Skip Bayless, my former partner on First Take, the man responsible for having me on First Take, the man who jump-started my career on First Take, the man who has a lot to do with me being in the position that I'm in today, so there's a level of gratitude that I will always have for him. And he started a new lineup. Um, He's inserted a new lineup. For that, I'm very, very happy because I know he's excited about that and I never, ever root against him. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, is scheduled to join him. Keyshawn Johnson is also scheduled to join him. You read the treat right there. It says Richard Sherman, Keyshawn Johnson, and Michael Irvin. New dream team on the new Undisputed. New Lil Wayne intro song. Good morning. Next Monday, August 28th, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, FS1. Be there. That was Skip Bayless. I'm not happy because Skip, I'm happy for him. Because regardless of whether we speak once a year, twice a year, or once every five years, he's going to always be my brother. And I got profound love for Skip Bayless. But as I'm sure most of you know, we could sit up there and say our brother's from another mother, but it's a little bit different than the love that you have for your brothers of the same ilk. And me, Keyshawn Johnson, and Michael Irvin are just that. 
I go back over 20 years with Keyshawn Johnson. Just as long with Michael Irvin. They are not just colleagues. They are not just friends. They are my brothers. I have a level of love for them that is hard to even put into words. Keyshawn was laid off from ESPN uh, with the layoffs and what have you. We all know that. Um, It's not official yet whether he's reached an agreement with ESPN or FS1 and all of that stuff. It's not official yet with Michael Irvin, but if Skip Bayless announced it and you know they have an opportunity to do that, uh, the likelihood is that it's going to happen. I don't think it's official yet, but I think we all can see. I mean, we ain't boo-boo the fools here, okay? And for those of you who want to bring up how Michael Irvin's situation is still in flux because still in question whether the NFL uh, has any jurisdiction over off-duty, you know, behavior that resulted in, uh, you know, the situation with Michael Irvin, I'm sorry, I read that wrong, is that, you know, and I want to be very careful when I'm saying this. Michael Irvin was seen in a hotel lobby. A young lady comes up to him. Michael Irvin and her are seen for 45, about 45 seconds talking to each other. There is no sound. There's only the video. They spoke for 45 seconds and they parted ways. And this was during the Super Bowl week. And because of that, Michael Irvin was perceived as somebody who got himself in hot water because of accusations of inappropriate comments or whatever the case may be. Before I get into this whole FS1 thing, let me say this. I'm going to support my brother until you show me evidence to the contrary. I'm also going to say this. As a black man, I have never liked nor appreciated the fact that a video could be shown of him doing nothing but talking. We have no sound. And I've looked into this, not just at my place of business, not just at the NFL, but other sources. There has been no sound, no audio incriminating him. We have no knowledge of what he said or didn't say. I have never been in support of his exile. So assuming these reports of him going back to FS1 are true, which I believe they are, I'm happy for him, ecstatic for him, happy for Skip Bayless, sad for myself because I had that brother on Mondays. And I got to tell you, I'm going to miss him. I would encourage y'all all to go on YouTube and click Michael Irvin, keep it spinning. That was a segment he did on first take where he had his Monday segment and he entitled that specific episode with Ryan Clark as his hype man, keep it spinning and breaking records, baby. It is an all-timer. Michael Irvin is made for TV. I love my brother. I'm going to miss him. Keyshawn, in case y'all don't know, there's a reason that you see Keyshawn half the time with this mean mug on his face looking at everybody. 
but never that way when it comes to me. I'm his brother, and he is mine. He is one of the realest, most authentic human beings you will ever find on this planet. Knows football inside and out like the back of his hand. And the contribution he made to First Take and he's made to my life on a personal level, both him and Michael Irvin as friends, they know the love is always here for them. And I'm going to miss him too. Having said that, Some of you damn trolls out there have acted like I'm supposed to be quaking in my boots because of a new lineup. I don't roll like that. I don't give a shit about competition. I live for it. And as far as I'm concerned, let's get it on. I expect to have my own announcement sooner than later. Now, it ain't Shannon Sharp because, as I reported the other day, he hasn't signed on the dotted line. Nothing's official yet. And stuff ain't done until it's done because in our business, something always happens. And anybody that knows me knows it ain't done until it's done. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you a little secret. When I agreed to my contract years ago, that everybody was reporting and bragging about and all of this other stuff. I agreed to the contract in October. Do you know I didn't sign it until the following March? October to March. Why? Because what people say verbally is one thing. What's put pen to paper is an entirely different matter. It ain't done until it's done. But I want the record to show I don't want my brothers unemployed. I don't want them off the air. I wanted them with me. But I'm happy if they landed somewhere else. And that goes for Skip Bayless, too. I don't root against Skip. I just root to be better. But I don't want him to fail. I don't want him to not succeed. I don't want him to end up being canceled and off the airwaves. I'm not rooting for that. I know y'all want me to. But it ain't going down like that. But because of the trolls and because of the nonsense that people talk and because people say the kind of foolishness that they say, I think it's time that I do something I have never, ever, ever done. Ever. Since Skip left. ESPN in 2016. Because I read on this show. I mean, it's reading from the show, these articles. Skip Bayless's popular talk show, Undisputed. Stop right there. Okay. It's popular. What does that make first day? See, at some point in time, we got to embrace these subjects. We got we to gotta embrace it with the fervor it deserves. Because I see articles. Like that damn athletic, whatever it was, that wrote an article on First Take. And they wanted to, they, they wanted to write an article about First Take dating back to 2011. But we number one for 12 years, and they didn't even want to interview me. It was like pulling teeth. 
I've been a star first take damn near eight years. But you wanted to talk about what happened five years before, six years before. So in other words, if you don't toot your own horn from time to time, people act like they forgot. Knock on wood, ladies and gentlemen, anything could happen. Who knows what the future holds? But if you want a title in 2005, or if you want a title in 2010 like Aaron Rodgers did, just because you haven't won a title since, does that mean you were never a Super Bowl champion? Steph Curry lost in the playoffs to the Lakers this year. Did that erase the title he won against Boston the year before? We just watched Jokovic lose in tennis. Does that mean the man don't have 23, 24 singles titles? That all of those French Opens that Rafael Nadal won, won, we just ignore that? No. What you've done is what you've done. So allow me to tell you something about first take. Facts. We've been number one since one month after I arrived. I arrived in April of 2012. We were number one in May, and we've been number one ever since. Number, another fact. Undisputed, this popular show. That's what you call first take, too. Why don't you call us number one? Because that's what we've been. We've been number one since 2016. We've done about 1,600-plus shows against Undisputed, and Lord knows how many against everybody else. There's not one single day in the morning where we have not been number one. Not one. I love the fact that Keyshawn and Michael Irvin, let me not forget Richard Sherman. I'm cool with that brother too. And Skip Bayless is Skip Bayless. No doubt. By the way, let me not forget Rachel Nichols. A damn good job for us as an NBA person. Let me not forget that. Okay? Let me not forget that. But if y'all think I'm just going to fade away, you don't know me very well. Competition makes the world go round. Even when it ain't competition. Even when it's a destruction, an annihilation, it makes the world go round. I do what I do. Let everybody else do what they do. And we shall see. I'm not rooting against anybody. But Keyshawn knows me. Michael Irvin knows me. Rachel Nichols knows a little something about me. So does Richard Sherman know a little something about me. Skip Bayless damn sure knows about me. Wish him nothing but the best. I'll never root against him. Ever. I don't root against the people that I love. I just root to be the best. And for the past 12 years, the first four with them, the last close to eight without them, I've been number one. And I don't intend to move from that perch one inch. Hopefully, Shannon Sharp will come. I'm unapologetic about the fact that I want him. 
if and when it happens, I'll leave that up for him to tell y'all. But make no mistake. All this news and all the chirping at me about what's going to happen and what we're going to do. We're going to do what we've been doing. Doing the best job we possibly can to entertain. Inform. And everything else that comes with it when it comes to sports television. That's the name of the game. You compete until you drop. And let that be a lesson to some of you young whippersnappers out there. Because some of y'all don't want to compete. Some of y'all don't want competition. Some of y'all don't want to face adverse circumstances and situations. I got news for you. It only makes you better. It only makes you better. I'm not going anywhere. I can promise you that. Let me be clear about that. But again, I say that with a touch of sadness. Because damn, I love me some Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson. And I absolutely positively did not want to lose them. But we know there's a different time going on at Disney. And certain things happen. And if that means that the reports are true and that they're going to end up landing on their feet at another network who is deemed a competitor, as long as they happy, I'm happy. That's how it goes when you love your brothers. And I love them. So all I wanted to say about that, just so y'all know, as an aside before I go to break, today is the late, great Kobe Bryant's birthday. He would have been 45 years of age today. Um, it's just hard to put into words. I still remember that I was driving home and I was en route to my house and I got a phone call while I was driving with my sister and my brother-in-law in the car. And I picked up the phone and I heard a scream, Kobe is dead. And it was from Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Called me to tell me that it's all over the news that Kobe Bryant, his wonderful daughter, Gianna, 13-year-old daughter, and seven other passengers had perished in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California, January 26th, 2020. I miss you every day, my brother. I love you. I wish you were still here. And I know I speak on behalf of everybody and anybody associated with the NBA community and beyond. Gone, but never forgotten. The Black Mamba. That's who I'm talking about. Up next, Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's got a beef. A whole bunch of GOP candidates. They've got beef. And I'm quite sure you all holding on the lines to talk to me. You've got a beef as well. 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Back with more in a minute.
This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you as I love to do. Every weekday, actually, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, over the digital airways of YouTube. Uh, to my producers out there, I hear an echo. Please get it out of my ear ASAP, please. Thank you very much. much make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. Um, and thank you again for calling in and for participating in the show. The, the number to call up live, it's not voicemail, it's me, it's live. 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. By the way, we'll be talking next week. Today I talked about what I talked about with FS1 and Undisputed. I'll be talking about First Take a little bit more next week. Stay tuned. Anyway, Bingo's running back. Joe Mixon refused to speak to certain reporters. Uh, Mixon says he's now boycotting news outlets, but rather he's not boycotting news outlets, but rather specific reporters who have been quote unquote disrespectful. Um, These are the facts that you need to know about Mixon. He's been charged with misdemeanor aggravated menacing after he was accused of pulling a gun on a woman during a road rage incident. Also, uh, it's part of a civil lawsuit after a teenage neighbor was shot in the foot while standing in Mixon's yard. Reporters Mixon named, he will not talk to include Ben Baby for ESPN, Kelsey Conway for The Inquirer, that would be the Cincinnati Inquirer, James Rapian uh, for Sports Illustrated, and Jay Morrison. I don't know who the hell PFN is. A pro football network, I think that's what it is. Um, Mixon's agent, responded on uh, X, also known as Twitter, that the seventh-year veteran is not happy with how he's been portrayed by certain reporters. Okay. Let me say this to Joe Mixon, okay? I want to tell Joe Mixon I appreciate his position because I originally was going to come on and say, you're a damn fool. You don't need to invite the ire of the fourth estate, which is the media contingent, you know, acting like you've been victimized because you found yourself in an uncomfortable situation of being accused of a crime. But because he identified the reporters that he had a problem with, ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. That's fair game. I'm a personality and a commentator and a pundit and all of that, but I've been a reporter for 30 years. That is fair game. There is nothing wrong with what Joe Mixon did. There is nothing wrong. If he highlighted, which he did through his agent, if he highlighted the specific reporters he refuses to talk to, it is perfectly within his right not to talk to specific reporters. That is fair. A matter of fact, I want to take a moment to applaud Joe Mixon for doing that. Because what I hate is when you got athletes and sports figures and stuff like that who castigate the entire media contingent. Everybody didn't do that to you. Just that person. And as long as he's willing to highlight that person, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Joe Mixon's position. I support his position. I support his position. 
I'm not sitting there and taking sides against the reporters themselves acting like he's right about what he's saying because I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if they what they specifically allegedly have done to him or what. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. But what I'm saying is that's what grown-ups do. When you sit up there and you want to point the finger at the media, but it was a blogger or it was some person with a website and stuff like that, or it was somebody that went on social media. Well, that ain't the damn media. That's that person. And you got to be grown up enough to highlight and identify exactly who they are so you can tell them to kiss your ass when you want to. And if Joe Mixon had not done that and he just said to media, I'd have had a problem with him. But he didn't do that. He identified exactly who it is he has a problem with. He didn't say he had a problem with the Cincinnati Inquirer. He didn't say he had a problem with PFN. He didn't say he had a problem with Sports Illustrated. He didn't say he had a problem with ESPN. He said those specific individuals. That's what he said. And if he had a problem with them specifically, that is perfectly within his right. And I think there's a lot of athletes out there who can learn from that instead of constantly pointing the finger at the entire institution as opposed to specific individuals. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And I wanted to give Joe Mixon his props on that. I didn't expect to do that. But when I saw that he identified specifically who he was talking about, I'm like, that's fair game. Moving on, the GOP, Grand Old Party, for those of you who don't know, they're having the primary debates tonight because these are the Republican candidates who are scheduled to run for the presidency, none of whom have a chance in hell of winning unless Donald Trump ends up in jail. And by the way, the stupid, idiotic laws in our country allows for Donald Trump to not only run for a re-election, but to actually win the election and be a president in prison, believe it or not. I mean, sometimes I wonder what the hell were we doing? We constantly defer to the Constitution of the United States, which was written in the 1700s, okay? But we don't want to sit up there and go back. And we got all these amendments to the Constitution and all of this other stuff. But nobody thought to correct the rule that would allow you to, to be the president of the United States, even if you're wearing prison stripes and you're behind bars. That's just ignorant. Ignorant. Having said that, particular candidate, Mr. Doug Burgum, governor of North, North Dakota, injured his leg. And he may not stand at the GOP debate. The candidate went to the emergency room on Tuesday night after playing a game of pickup basketball. Well, first of all, you should disqualify yourself for idiocy. Why weren't you studying for the debate tonight? What the hell were you doing playing a basketball game for? Getting off some steam? Now you got a leg. Now, now think about that for a second. Who the hell wants to see you sitting down while everybody else is standing? Now, I understand if you're a disabled individual, because we're certainly not casting any aspersions or throwing any insults the way of disabled individuals. We want to make sure of that. But you ain't disabled. You, 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 you stupidly decide to play a basketball game the night before a presidential primary debate. Well, your judgment plays a role in people electing to decide whether or not they should vote for you or not. And to exercise that kind of judgment, I think you should be disqualified, disqualified for stupidity. A pickup basketball game the night, of the, damn, uh, the night before the damn GOP primary debate. I mean, bye. You were, you were, we, we barely knew you anyway. Just go. Go. You might sit on stage. You might sit on stage. Really? Instead of standing. Really? 
that's supposed to impress us. Wow, he's got a torn Achilles or a messed up ankle or a messed up knee, but he showed up for the debate. Yeah, way to go. I'll take you behind at the hospital. I want to see your ass. That's just ridiculous. Should have been studying and prepping, but you playing ball. Oh, my Lord. That's, that's really ridiculous. Really ridiculous. Another thing moving on. Drake, the artist known as Drake, uh, somebody put, threw an actual book at him while on stage in San Francisco. Look at the video, y'all. Check it out. And I'll tell you right now, Young Jerome. Love y'all. He said, you're lucky it didn't hit me. I'd beat your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's the right attitude to have. I'm not trying to cuss. I'm using the A word. I'm not going any further than that. But ladies and gentlemen, I just, I've said this before. And I'll say it again because Jake's, Drake, Drake's quote was actually, you're lucky I'm quick. Well, I would have had to beat your ass if it hit me in the face. That's what he said. It was his own book of poetry. Titles ruin everything. Since this tour started, he's had phones, vapes, and bras chucked in his direction while performing. But his reflexes were impressive. Here's the deal, y'all. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, as a black man and some of the things that we lament, you know, we certainly don't want unarmed black people getting shot. Um, obviously, that's caused riots in the streets, a lot of protests and all this. We know all of that. And as somebody who has spoken to police officers and makes it a point to highlight Brutality on the part of police officers as opposed to police brutality because I don't want to stain all police officers because I happen to think most of them do fulfill their obligations to protect and serve and their vows to protect and serve. Having said all of that, our society has gotten soft. And we do have some lawless people out there willing to do everything, do, do anything. I am a proponent of ass kickings. I just want to state that for the record. Some people need to get their ass whipped. Now, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to see anybody getting beat to a pulp and, and five and six police officers jump on them. But do y'all remember when the riots was going on in the streets in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing? And then you had people from Seattle to other places throughout the country just to find police officers and, and, and somebody threw down their weapon and threw up their joints to go at the police officer and was swinging. Now, I found myself wishing that the police officer had whipped his ass. Now, I'm not talking about jump, but if you want to challenge law enforcement officials, right, and you're willing to go one-on-one -on -one, and they whip your ass, I don't believe any charges should be against them. They're law enforcement. They told you, chill out, stand down. You raise your hand up to physically harm a police officer. And all he does without assistance is whip your ass. I think that's warranted. I think that's warranted. I think that's fair. Because the police officer tells me to do something, I'm going to obey the law. I'm not going to throw down somebody like, let's go. Let's fight me one-on-one. -on -one. He's a police officer. You're not supposed to do that. And if you decide to do it, and you come into the precinct with a swollen eye, and a broke jaw, you brought it on yourself. You brought it on yourself. Last point before I get to the calls. Titans rookie quarterback Will Levis. I heard this story. 
And I just cringed. This is a dude that puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I'm going to repeat that. Mayonnaise in his coffee. Go back down, my brother. What you scrolling for? Okay? Thank you very much. Because I got to see what they're talking about. He's known for putting mayo in his coffee. Do y'all know he got a lifetime deal with Hellman's Mayo? I mean, that's worse than that UFC fighter who had a lifetime contract with Popeye's Chicken. That's just nasty. And, 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 and by the way, I, I'm going to say something that ain't popular, but it needs to be said right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show. When I saw this, I knew he had to be white. Ain't no brothers and sisters doing that. Ain't no brothers and sisters putting mayonnaise in their coffee. Now, that had to be somebody white. Now, they, 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 listen, we all love. It's all love. It's all love. You understand what I'm saying? The good Lord above created all of us. I'm not throwing any shade, but there's just certain things. What did Bernie Mac say? I love white people, but we different. We the same, but we different. You know what I'm saying? Remember when Bernie Mac said that? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something. Remember that? Remember he did that? I'm trying to tell you right now. I didn't recall Will Levis for a minute because I wasn't thinking about him. But when they said a lifetime contract with Hellman's Mayo, because he puts mayo in his coffee, I knew that man had to be white. I knew that man had to be white. Ain't no brothers and sisters doing that, y'all. It's certain things that just give y'all away compared to us, and that would be one of them. Ain't a black person alive that I've ever known puts mayonnaise in their coffee. But we good, white people. We good. It's just different, you know? By the way, he was selected number 33 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, number two on the Titans depth chart as their quarterback. And by the way, congrats to um, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky on the birth of their second child. Um, according to TMZ, sources with direct knowledge say the baby was born August 3rd in Los Angeles. They've not yet disclosed the baby's name, but reports say it starts with an R. The couple... They're already parents to 15-month-old boy, Riza Mayers, R-Z-A, Mayers, M-A-Y-E-R-S, whose name is a nod to the legendary Wu-Tang Clan member, Riza. Okay? Just as an aside. Time to get to the calls. If you want to talk to me live right here, right now, the Stephen A. Smith Show, I'm taking your calls at this very, very moment. The number to call up is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. Let's go to our first caller, Chris in Ohio. You're live with Stephen A. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking this time out. I just want to ask you something, sir. Yeah. If if Steph Curry wins another title, yeah. like one or two more titles, mm-hmm. would that definitively put him as the greatest point guard that's ever played a game? No, because you got to remember, as I explained to you early on in the show, wouldn't definitively put him as the greatest point guard in the history of the basketball game, or the game of basketball, rather, because it's Eddie Johnson on NBA radio this morning, Mad Dog Russo on first take this morning, Michael Jordan, who sent me a quote this morning, They're defining the quintessential prototypical point guard as a facilitator. They view Steph Curry as somebody who's really a one or a two. And sometimes he's vacillating back and forth because most of the time he's the target. 
that you're trying to find to launch shots. He shoots nine three-pointers a game. He shoots over 20 shots a game. And so because of that, they're like, that's not a facilitator. That's a scorer who happens to be at the point guard position. So no matter how many titles he wins, ultimately, if you are a guy that believes the true definition of a point guard is going to be one who is a facilitator, you're not going to to consider Steph Curry to be that. Thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much. Let's go to Nick in Atlanta. You're live with Stephen A. Nick, are you there? Are you there, Nick? No problem. Let's go to Michael in Washington, D.C. You're live with Stephen A. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Um, I was just wondering, with uh, Lonzo Ball thing, do you think that he was just standing up and down on his knee just to prove the fact that he doesn't have any discomfort there? I don't think he was saying he was healthy, but I just thought he was just going after that point. I guess what I'm trying to say to you, Michael, is who cares? Because what he was doing was challenging my assertion that his knees are not great and that he's in jeopardy of not being back. Now, he was literal with it because I did say that there were people who were saying he has difficulty even getting up from a chair. So that may have been the only point that he was trying to make. But inevitably, when you consider the amount of games he's missed throughout his career, when he missed 42 games due to injury the season before last, when he missed the entire season last season, when he's scheduled to miss half of this season or at least close to half because he ain't coming back until January, according to reports. The last thing you need to be doing is pools, sitting poolside bouncing up and down on one knee, acting like you healthy because a Chicago Bull can easily, a Chicago Bull fan rather, can easily say, well, since you're doing all of that and you refute what Stephen A. Smith is saying, when the hell are you playing? Because he can't tell you. I can assure you he can't tell you. Because he don't know. Because he ain't healthy. You feel me? Yeah, I feel that. Um, Yeah, I guess it was more of a poke at the whole sources thing. I got you. Who gives a damn? Who, 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 Who gives a damn? There's sources, that's the business that we're in. Okay, you got people I've been covering the NBA for 30 years. You get sources all the time to tell you stuff and all of that stuff. And so all you could do is say, this is what you're hearing. This is what you were told. You didn't state it as a point of fact. You said that's what you were hearing. That's why he asked, who's your sources? Who's your sources? Who's your sources? Well, I wouldn't tell him just like Stefan Diggs was asking me, who's my sources? So I'm just out of the blue, minding my damn business, chilling out. I'm going to go on national TV and say that Stefan Diggs ain't happy in Buffalo. You know, he felt that they missed their window of opportunity. Well, I'm just going to make that up. Of course, somebody close to him told me that, and he knows it. Now, he's not going to come out and admit that. Why? Because he's in Buffalo. He's not going anywhere. He's under contract. He's not in a position to really, really demand the trade and get what he wants. So what's he supposed to do while Bill's Mafia and everybody else in Buffalo is looking for this all-world receiver to get back on the field and do his thing? I really don't want to be here. I really think we missed our window of opportunity with the season about to start. He'll never say that, and we all know this. So let's just use our common sense and our logic and move on. Appreciate the call, though. Thank you so much. By the way, congrats to the one and only Serena Williams, the greatest te- the greatest female tennis player that's ever lived. No, to me, it's not Martina Navratilova. It's not Chris Everett Lloyd. It's not Martina Hingis. It's not anybody like that. It damn sure ain't Anna Kornikova. It ain't even though, you know, a lot of people love her for different reasons. It ain't none of that, okay? It ain't Margaret Court, okay, the all-time singles titles holder. It's Serena Williams, the greatest ever. She had a kid. She had a baby today. Congratulations. Mama Serena. Congratulations. Let's go back to the phones. Alan, you're live with Stephen A. Talk to me. Hey, Stephen, big fan. Um, real quick on this magic thing. I can't believe uh, when you guys use the word impact, um, you don't talk about the fact that one, uh, when Magic won the college championship, it was the most college, most watched game ever in the history of the country. 
Two, the NBA was on tape delay before he started. Three, on free agency, uh, remember, he signed a 25-year, $25 million contract. Yep. Um, four, Nike was the first person ever to offer him a deal. He'll talk about it all the time. I turned it down to be down more $6 billion. Yep. And five, he, when he came in his first year, Kareem got hurt. He won the title playing center. Stop right there. And Stop right when, there. No, no, no. No, no, no. Stop. Stop, Alan. Stop. First of all, when we were talking about impact, you're talking about impact on the game all time. Magic was top two in most of our eyes. What we were talking about today, today's show, is the difference between him being a, a point guard, being a facilitator, and a point guard having an impact on the overall offense of the squad. And I said Steph Curry comes from a completely different angle than he does because of his shooting prowess and his ability to move without the ball, whereas Magic was the quintessential prototypical facilitator that is what a point guard is supposed to be. So the Eddie Johnsons, the Michael Jordans, the Mad Dog Russos of the world are absolutely right when they make that point about Irvin Magic Johnson. But the points you're talking about is from an impact that transcends beyond the court of play. And when we talked about that, we had Magic on that list with Michael Jordan, with Bill Russell, with Steph Curry and others. So you're actually false there thinking that we didn't have him on the list because we most certainly did. Okay, the one last point I want to make Hurry up. is that when, Go ahead. Yeah, is, is when uh, Kareem went out, Magic won the title. When KD went out, Steph lost to Toronto. Stop right there. Now that's a weak argument on your part. Magic Johnson took over for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 80 when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got injured. And Magic said had no fear. Excuse me. Did you just did you just correct me about something? Did you just say that Magic Johnson was a rookie? You think I don't know that? You think I don't know that? Be quiet and listen. Yeah. Here's the deal. Magic Johnson goes in as a rookie. Okay? So if you know anything about basketball, which you're claiming to do, and I'm going to assume that you are, who was Magic Johnson going up against at the center position? Against Philly? Yes. Go ahead. What do you mean? No, you, you, mean you know what my question is. I asked you a direct. Now you stuttering. You know what my question is. Who was Magic Johnson? You're taking time to Google it. Who was Magic Johnson going up against playing center for the Los Angeles Lakers, his rookie game, game year, game six, NBA finals in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Who was he going up against? Does it matter? Yes. Competition matters. He was going up against Caldwell Jones. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And a foul-prone Daryl Dawkins, God rest his soul, Chocolate Thunder. That's who Magic Johnson was going up against. When they went down yeah, against, when KD went down against Toronto, all right, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they had to go up against Kawhi Leonard. But there's still he he's missing KD, and he and Steph only won one title missing his he had a he wasn't even the best player on his team for for, for two because KD is one of the top five players in the history of the game one of the top ten players in the history of the game oh by the way so why how, would you why would you bring up why would you bring up him missing out on KD but you wouldn't bring up Magic having Kareem worthy Byron Scott Norm Nixon before that. Michael Cooper, Bob McAdoo, Michael Thompson being coached by Pat Riley, okay? And, 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 and before that, Pat Riley's predecessor. How come you wouldn't bring all of that up? But, but Steph, Steph let's get that. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Oh, please. Oh, please. That's freaking ignorant. Shut the hell up. 
I'll call, call back tomorrow when I have more time to get in your behind. Just be quiet. Oh, my God. Bye. Ben, you're live with Stephen A. What's up? Hey, Stephen A. I don't know who's better between Magic and Steph, but what right. are we doing taking Michael Jordan's opinion into account? What qualifications does Michael Jordan have hold other on, than being on. one of the worst talent <laughs> evaluators on, we've on, ever hold seen? Hold on, hold on. Hold it. What, I understand that Michael Jordan struggled as an owner, no doubt about that. Um, you just asked, what qualifications does Michael Jordan have yeah. to judge, he, to judge? I'm not talking, now he, see, hold on, wait a minute. You do understand there's a difference between value, uh, uh, talent evaluation in terms of what you're anticipating someone did and talent evaluation as it pertains to what you actually see somebody has done over their career. You do understand those are two different categories, right? I, I understand that. You're right there. So in other words, him anticipating what somebody is going to do is entirely different than history actually recording what they did, him being an eyewitness account to it, First, as a competing player against the person he actually beat for his first NBA championship of his career. And secondly, watching as a league official, Steph Curry wreak havoc throughout this league. You do understand the difference? I do. I do. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Let's go to Yuli in Brooklyn, in Brookline, Massachusetts. You're live with Stephen A. I'll take a couple of calls after this and then I got to get on out of here. Go ahead, Yuli. What's up? Do you think uh, Keaton Johnson and Michael Irvin will eventually come back to first take? And is there anyone who hasn't been on first take you would like to see come on? Well, um, I'm not going to tell you who I'd like to see come on first take that hasn't been on because the likelihood is that they'll be coming on uh, within the near future, whether it's the next week, the next month, the next year. Um, That's number one. Number two, Keyshawn and Michael Irvin are my brothers. And they know wherever I'm at, they're always welcomed. I'm not the boss at ESPN. I'm the executive producer of First Take and the star of the show, but I have bosses. Dave Roberts is my boss. Norby Williamson is my boss. Uh, uh, Burke Magnus is my boss. Jimmy Pataro is my boss. They are the ones who make those decisions, not me. They are the ones who cut the checks for the talent that comes on shows like First Take and others. Not I. This is different. This is my podcast. Now, I own and operate this. It's a different animal. But first take, ESPN, overall, I have bosses, and I don't get to make those decisions. I get to make suggestions. I get to have an impact in terms of who I want on the show once they're in-house, in terms of who I want on there, but I am not the boss. They make those calls, not me. Appreciate the call. By the way, uh, Adira River O'Hanahan, O'Hanahan. That is the name of Serena's new baby girl who was born yesterday. Serena Williams' baby girl was born yesterday, Adira River O'Hanahan. That is supposed to be her name. And God bless her and her family and wish them nothing but good health and future prosperity. Let's go to Trey in Texas. You're live with Stephen A. Go ahead, Trey. Hi, Stephen A. This is Trey. I just said it was Trey. I just said it was Trey. How you doing, Trey? I'm good. How are you? Go ahead, man. Um, so I have a question about your top five um, influential players yesterday you did. Okay. How come you put Kobe Bryant up there? Um, it was their honorable mention, along with Larry Bird and, and, and Allen Iverson. 
Um, but the reality of the situation is, is that whatever Kobe did, Michael Jordan and LeBron James took to another level. And because that happened, um, and he was derailed to some degree, because remember, his popularity took a hit because of the whole Eagle County, Colorado thing um, in 2003 and stuff like that. And then ultimately the parting of the ways from Shaq and then some down years before he ultimately acquired Powell Gasol in that trade for Kwame Brown. And then they ultimately went to three consecutive NBA finals and won back-to-back titles. Um, those kind of things are the kind of things that one would argue derailed him. And not only that, some of his popularity took place before the advent of social media. And because of that, LeBron took it and went to another level with it where that wasn't necessarily the case with Kobe. And then you got to look at MJ, the billion dollar conglomerate that is the Jordan brand. And so all of those things are the reasons that even though Kobe Bryant deserves to be mentioned, respected and appreciated for what he accomplished, I did not have him in my top five. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Let's go to Taj in California. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Taj? What's going on, Stephen A? Talk to um, what do you think about, do you think LeBron James would have reached that championship pedigree if it wasn't for D-Wade? Like, do you think he'd be no. able to get a ring? No, and that's my point. I'm not saying he would have never won a ring, but it might have been later. And it might have been more problematic for LeBron to capture a championship, which is why I was stunned when I didn't see him at D-Wade's Hall of Fame induction ceremony because they're brothers to each other. He loves him dearly, and D-Wade loves him back dearly. And D-Wade was very protective of him. LeBron James barely did any interviews one-on-one uh, when he his first year in Miami. D-Wade was by his side every single time because that's how um, uh, troubling and 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 you know, difficult situations were for him with his first year. So considering all of that, that's why I say he owes so much to D-Wade because I don't know if LeBron James, one could easily argue, we don't know if D-Wade, if LeBron would have ever learned to become a champion had it not been for D-Wade. But thank you for the call. Last two calls on the line. Let's go to Tyler in Houston, Texas. Yo, Stephen A. What's up? I'm going to need you to stop hating on LeBron. Dead ass, bro. Stop hating on Bron, bro. Why? Why you be hating on Brian? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Don't ask stupid questions. Be specific. That's not yeah. a stupid it is, question. It is a stupid question. I'm going to tell you I've why it's a stupid question. You, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You want, do you want to listen or you want to dial tone? I said I'm going to come back to you. Now, do you want to listen or do you want to dial tone? I'll give you the dial tone. But I, I don't believe calling somebody the second greatest player in the history of basketball, hating on them. No, but look, this is the thing, though. I've been watching you for a while. It seemed like when Kevin Durant began, bounced out the playoffs, you never had nothing to say. You all right, what did, hold on. What did I say about Kevin Durant this time? I'm saying, though, every time he get bounced hold out on. the playoffs. What did I say all, about Kevin Durant this time? Listen, though. Listen, though. Listen, though. Did dude, I not say that Kevin Durant? Did I not say I can no longer put Kevin Durant in that upper echelon because, damn it, he came up too small, and if this were LeBron, we would have been all over him. Did I not say that? Oh, no, I, I must have missed that. You damn right you missed that. I get your tape. I get your tape. I get your hey. tape. It's right there on first take. I get it for you. But, hey, look, though, but it's always get Kevin Durant some help. Get Kevin Durant some help. But, like, come on now. You, hey, Kevin Durant was never, oh, ever so you better saying I never, so you, in his whole career. So, oh, no, no, no. Period. Stop right there. Stop right there. Period. Kevin Stop. Durant. Kevin Durant is a career 27-point-per-game scorer just like LeBron. LeBron could never shoot like Kevin Durant, ever. He could never shoot. Ever. But I'm partial to shooters. But I've openly admitted I'm partial to shooters because you got me there. I am partial to shooters. When you struggle shoot perimeter shots, like if you notice, I'm on that that tip with Giannis. 
Because with Giannis, I look at Giannis and I'm going like this. The brother's unstoppable, sure, until playoff time arrives. Yeah, he'll get his numbers, but when it really, really gets thick, you can stop him because he can't hit perimeter shots. And ultimately, you can create a wall and prevent him from getting into the teeth of your defense. And once that happens, he'll have to launch perimeter shots, and that ain't his abilities. And then he went up against Miami, and they smoked him in five because of that very fact, even though he was out for a game and a half. All right, look, though, look, though, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get out of here. Let me just say one more thing. Go Kevin ahead. Durant was never, ever, ever better than LeBron at any point in his career, okay. period. Okay, Fact. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But that's not Fact. hating. But that's not hating on LeBron. If I got your number and two. stop hating on the city of uh, Cleveland, too. Oh, stop really? Oh, where are you from? Where, where are you calling me from? I'm where in Houston. Hold on, stop, 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 stop. You're from Houston, right? No, no, no I'm, I'm sorry. Clean. I'm sorry. You I live in Houston. So, so you just—I just want the audience to hear because don't, 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 don't go too quick, Tyler. So you want me to start hating on the city of Cleveland? Yeah, because but I, I, heard, I didn't ask for cause. Hold on. You're from Cleveland. Fact. But you moved to Houston. Little. But you want me to start hating on Cleveland? Man, sit your ass <laughs> down. Call me tomorrow, but sit your ass down. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, man. Have a nice day. Last call, Sherrod, you're live with Stephen A. See these people, who you dealing with, y'all? Stop hating on Cleveland, though. You hate on them, you left. You're living in Houston. Uh, but go ahead, Sherrod. Go ahead, man. How you doing? Hey, Stephen A., what's up, man? What's I was up? thinking, did you hear the uh, or read the Players' Tribune uh, interview where Stan Van Gundy gave, said that LeBron James has a better career than Michael Jordan? And Michael Jordan has no case on a better career than LeBron James. I did not hear that. I did not hear that, Sherrod. Thank you for the call. I did not hear that. But I will say this. LeBron James did have a better career than Michael Jordan. Statistically, he averaged nearly as many points. He went to four more NBA finals. Okay. He's played about seven more years, seven or eight more years. He's made more money on the court. He's established himself as a global iconic brand that potentially could rival Michael Jordan. So you can make a legitimate argument that he had a better career in terms of statistics and what have you. Depends on how you look at it. I love Stan Van Gundy. Respect the hell out of Stan Van Gundy. Tremendous coach, tremendous knowledgeable basketball mind. But he never won a championship. Michael Jordan won six. LeBron lost six. Michael Jordan was undefeated. And one could easily argue that he never retired, he would have won eight straight. Because I believe they would have beat Houston. Then you got on top of all of that, not only that reality, but also a need for us all to embrace the fact that, hey, in the end, a 10-time scoring champion, a nine-time all-defensive team, first-team NBA player, okay, and somebody who didn't have a reputation of withering beneath the pressure like LeBron had earlier on in his career before he won the title. So Stan Van Gundy can make that argument, and statistically you can look at it in terms of numbers, but when you take into account numbers, plus what you witness with your own two eyes, plus the impact that he had against the competition, I would still flow with Jordan. 
Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. That's it for today's edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Thank you for watching another episode of the show. You can watch me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Also, make sure to follow and uh, to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified for all of our new content. As always, be sure to pick up my the copy of my New York Times bestseller, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Um, and please continue to show the love. The subscribers continue to grow. I love watching them grow. I expect to hit 300,000 subscribers. Only really been doing this. I mean, really been doing it and doing it right over the last four, four and a half months or so. So I'm on the verge of capturing 300,000 subscribers and then some. So I'm going to keep moving on up. As long as you keep bringing the support, I'm going to keep bringing this show. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much. I'll be back. Okay. On a Friday. Same bad time. Same bad channel. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you're here with me. I'll be here with you. Until then, this is Stephen A. Signing off. Peace and love, y'all. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.